Right, okay, Paul. Um, we're going to do a, a chapter on the green bag. So obviously, let's let's start off with that. I mean, it's it's a it's a story which needs to go in. Obviously, I've read a bit about it that, that you sent us, but you you give us you know you give us the the SP and how it, you know how you want to start the chapter, etc. And then we'll go from there. I think it's important to to look at not only what the chapter heading is. The chapter heading is obviously the green bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a an introduction, for want of a better way, that you've got a readership that would be acting like a jury to look through whatever's getting put in front of them. Can they archive some? Can they search for other issues or, or go to the library and use the, the microfiche to look for publications at a time? Mm-hmm. You know, because not everybody's uh, computer literate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the background to the the green bag obviously is something in which an incident took place in Glasgow uh, involving a guy called Raymond Bonner and resulted in me to being handed a set of keys by Arthur Thompson Jr. Uh, and another set of, key, a set of keys for a flat at... Uh, in Rossi, in Argyle Street, 24 Argyle Street, Rossi. What year was this? This would be 1990, I believe. Okay. 1989, 1990. Okay. Uh, and at that matter of fact, it's not. It's not. It's 1984. 84. 1984. Right. It was actually on the 12th of December, the warrant was executed. Right. On the property in, in Rossi, in uh, Rossi, in 1984. Okay. There's been a bit of uh, want a better. <coughs> Other people try to justify how could Thompson have set me up or told anybody where I was when he was in prison. And the obvious fact is, if you look, you look back on it, I'm arrested in January, uh, December 2000, uh, uh, 1984, and it wasn't until, I think, February or March, Thompson Jr. getting that, along with two other guys. Mm. Uh, so that t- kind of time scale was out a wee bit. I think somebody was just trying to muddy the waters a wee bit, by saying, well, how... C-? No, a Thompson fan, obviously. You know, how dare anybody suggest that? The only people that knew where I was going was uh, Thompson Senior and Thompson Junior. Apart from that, we touched on it with the story with Anne-Marie uh, when she was uh, pregnant. Uh, and the, the, the revelation of the green bag came about when the, the members of Starclyde Police executed the warrant at 24 Agile Street in Rossi in uh, 1984. Uh, they were armed. Uh, the three of them took defensive positions that i seen, indicating, obviously, there's three guns. Uh, during the process, he jumped forward slightly to the court documents. There was only ever two guns issued, which brought back a sinister thing that when I presented myself in the hallway after the, the, the warning, uh, armed police, uh, Ferris, show yourself. Uh, so I had a T-shirt on, walked in the hallway, consciously aware of the fact that there's a lot of, been a lot of situations where People might have itchy fingers or whatever goes on, but 
I was making it absolutely clear, hands outstretched, facing them, palms, to, to give myself up. Uh, and my partner at that time, Anne Marie, was in the, uh, the living room. In the hallway, just an open door uh, leading into the, the, the living room. And that's when, swiftly, before I knew it, I was bundled up into the air and face down on the ground, my left hand side face. So I couldn't see behind me because behind me was the lounge that I was previously occupied watching the TV with my partner, uh, Anne Marie. And when I heard the scream, the, the scream coincided with uh, this particular police officer. Uh, his name was George Dixon. Uh, he was only one that was there, it was six feet, six tall, snowy white hair. So there's absolutely no way that I could say that I've made a mistake. Unless there's two people at home. Unless somebody else spoke like the home. And the words that he spoke when I was on the floor, he pressed a gun at the back, right in the back of my head and said, words to the effect, you know what this is, like you little bastard. You're getting it or something like that. And that's when they heard the scream. Which spooked the the cops at that time, because I, I genuinely don't believe that they, they knew uh, Anne-Marie was there. Otherwise, they'd have had a WPC. That's what they, <coughs> they started screaming for. <coughs> get a WPC in here, get a WPC. So I was lifted bodily. Uh, bear in mind, I had a T-shirt, tracksuit bottoms, nothing on my feet but a pair of socks or something. Lifted bodily, put into the the bedroom adjacent for the lounge uh, that was watching the TV on, placed on a bed, and was given a rough body search with the same guy with the white hair. And as he's going down to my ankles, his fucking gun fell out. It was a, a, a revolver, it's a revolver. And that's when I had kicked it. Saying, Fucking idiot! There's a pregnant woman in there, and it was close to, to towards a story that I'd read to Steve. He maybe to tie in it with a particular date. Cops raided this house, looked under a bed, and the gun went off because the cops had it. Looked under a bed, and the guns went off. That's what they said. They went in to get somebody, and obviously fired into a fucking bed, and it was a young boy. It was in the fucking bed. When I say a young boy, maybe four or five years old, mm-hmm. you know, so these things happen and I'm just astonished that this fucking idiot's done it. But more so when it comes up to the trial, that means that he did have a gun, because I seen him. Not only did I see him in the pointed direction in the hallway, it also fell out in the bedroom, so that's why I know it's mm-hmm. uh, Next thing, uh, they've took out uh, one of my pockets, I don't know if a left pocket or right pocket. Anyway, they took their bank folder out, searched it. The only thing that was in it was a paper driving license, uh, some money, maybe even a credit card, but it would have been a credit card folder. Uh, basically inspector and then flunked through it on the floor, right right to the, near the, 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 the wardrobe. And at that stage, there was somebody making a noise about uh, trying to calm Anne-Marie down a wee bit and at the same time it seemed to have happened so quick I never seen where the, the, the green bank bag came for other than the fact that when 
the cops get his back to me looking out the the window. There only has one window in this the bedroom. Uh, I turned over slightly to look at the commotion to see if I could see. And we bear in mind, I'm fucking sitting handcuffed anyway, Steve. So there's no no a threat to them. Hmm. Uh, they've disabled the threat. You're handcuffed. You're sitting there. But the key words come running out, it, and it's quite uh, much a Freudian slip on the this cop's behalf and anything else because. When he produced the bank bag, he said something towards the effect, now who's the brown powder, son? So automatically you're thinking it's brown powder. I don't know it's fucking brown powder. Don't even... There was a time, Steve, to, I've got to be absolutely honest, there was a time that I thought, maybe it was Thompson's fucking daughter. That had stuff lying there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Too convenient for just to walk in and then find it. Uh, as much as I didn't want to believe I was getting fitted up in front of my own eyes, you know, because the, the dialogue down and the uh, words to the effect again, uh, well, if this is no yours, it must be your pal Arthur's then. And then put it in the the folder. Mm. And I thought, that can't be right. That's contaminated, that's fucking, he's put that in there. And I've kicked off, Steve. I've just went, you... Don't think yourself as a fucking police officer. Who do you think you are? You know, command you're a drug dealer. Mm. You've just supplied me with fucking. As I'm getting into this big rant now, the, the commotions calmed down for the lounge. This cop's come in with a clear evidence bag. Telephone books. The Thompson's property it's, has itinerary and whatever's lying there. But he's got in his hand. A wad of money. Now, a wad of money, when I say a wad of money, £500 is a lot of money to, to some people. But when you know that you've uh, been involved in an offence and the reason why you're there is survival money to buy to buy food to make sure that uh, you're not in Glasgow. Mm. You can't be arrested. So the Green Bag episode was something that I just kicked off on and threatened them. Because I, I wasn't threatening a police officer. To me, he was just a drug dealer. He decreed crossed that line. You know, you can't just wear a a, a uniform. And they weren't wearing uniforms. They were the uh, undercover clothes. No, nah, they were they were playing codes. They were heavy, heavy squad. Even the other cops that was involved with them, <coughs> historically involved in other cases in Glasgow, they were like the the dirty squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a suggestion. At some point, where uh, I was getting killed, mm. told the lawyer this, what was said in the hallway. But in the absence of any evidence, Steve, it's just people saying, "Paul, maybe you're just too paranoid. Are you sure you heard him? Are you sure you see, seen him with a gun? You know, be you've got but other cops coming in and saying, no, no, he never had a gun. We had the gun.'" <laughs> Everything that I said early enough on a, an audio tape when I went to court was something which I needed to say. Because they were there to arrest me for attempted murder, where I would search the house for drugs, a warrant. That was a stinker for a start. The reason why they had a warrant for drugs is because they knew they were going to find them. And the reason why they knew they were going to find them was because Freudian slip let it go and said, Who's the brown powder? Before he even opened the bag. Mm. And then puts it into the folder. So by the time I tell the solicitor about it, 
uh, and explain as, as much in detail. And the, when I say the solicitor, it was a court-appointed solicitor that I've used for many, many years. His name's Peter Forbes. He had Forbes and Company solicitors in Glasgow. And when I told him the whole story, uh, he said that they've dropped attempted murder charge and all the rest of it. I'm on seven days remand for further inquiries. And I thought basically, that's it. Whatever happened with the incident in Glasgow, these things tend to get sorted on the streets. Mm. Uh, I thought I was going to turn up a week later and, and be freed. I turned up a week later to be presented with a, a charge sheet called an indictment in Scotland, which related to you did have in your possession, because that's the key word still, because uh, when I spoke to my lawyer regarding it, he, he defined it. So, uh, my recollection of the events is when I've told the lawyer about the charge sheet and the charge was that I did have it on my person or alternatively you had it for supply you know so to have drugs on you to go on a run to stay in a fucking island that the last thing you wanted MDW back there is be selling fucking drugs if you're on the run you know mm. and if you're taking drugs then it's for personal use there was a time where I thought Maybe Thompson's daughter that had left it there. How the fuck can I get into court and say this is all happening now? Uh, luckily for me, what I said very early on in the judicial, the first opportunity to do it, I was instructed from a lawyer to say it, Steve, more than anything else. A lawyer tells you no comment and it's no comment. If a lawyer says to you this is worthy of you noting this down at the early stages, because when I was in the, the, the court, before I even appeared for the, uh, the indictment, what you had was a situation where uh, Peter Forbes had already made moves on the basis of my recollection, what I've told you, mm -hmm. to secure... Because what they've done is when they arrested me, uh, and they've now claimed that they found this in my pocket, Luckily for me, they were they were investigating an attempted murder, so they had seized the clothes that I had been wearing right. for, any, for any traces, uh, blood or DNA or whatever it is. And that's at the, t the point my solicitor said, well, we're going to get a toxicologist report done. Because I'm, I'm explaining to him about the folder, it's just an open and shut fucking folder. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's already looked at... Uh, the situation of how I was arrested with the folder in my pocket, the physical contact, I'm not saying a 360 degree spin, yeah. but there was enough movement to disorientate me, put me flat on the floor, uh, handcuffed, lifted back up, rough body search, put in the bed, and then the episode that they found, the, the folder, they've done, make sure I've got no weapons, Steve, because they know that's the fucking main thing. So and when they've got the folder, just a flick through and then discarded. Mm -hmm. How brazen were this cunt just to turn around and go, who's the brown powder, son? And I slipped it in the folder. And I did threaten him. And the reason <coughs> I threatened him was because, oh, you fucking... I mean, how can you threaten somebody really when you're sitting handcuffed by anything? Mm -hmm. But my threat was real to this individual. It wasn't a threat to a serving police officer, because a serving police officer is there to prevent crime, not to create it. Yeah. 
that's my view and that's, that's, that was my view so he crossed the line on that one so by the time it gets to court the lawyer asked me to <coughs> explain the, the, the movements again mm-hmm. and then he draws my attention to the charge the charge states specifically that you did have in your possession and he looked at me and said do you understand <laughs> the significance of that mm. I went no what, what, what are they saying he says you, they are, the police are saying that you physically had that on you and that's not twig I see definitely a fit out there. Mm-hmm. although I was paranoid maybe thinking maybe no maybe, maybe just because a lot of things that were going on at the time Steve I thought yeah. uh, and I never dismissed it because I get uh, uh, I got remanded uh, in court and I had another opportunity to go up to the court and explain exactly what the, the thing was within a week he'd been arrested mm-hmm. so it's fresh in <coughs> your memory and the same time uh, the solicitor uh, conducted uh, a search for a high-end caliber toxicologist mm-hmm. for Glasgow University uh, to seize the tracksuit bottoms mm-hmm. that had when he was arrested, which they claimed that the drugs had been found in the folder and yeah. in the pocket. Uh, they also they seized that under the the provision that it was the last piece of clothing that you were for in relation for attempted murder that's now dropped. So it's no production anymore for attempted murder, but we're making that production for the defence. Yeah. <coughs> Partly what happened, they they done they done a, a microscopic experiment of the, the pockets. Uh, there was blue fibres that related to the tracksuit in the pockets. Uh, they'd done a brief assessment on the folder, it was an open and shut folder, no an airtight container, so you would get small minute particles, a thousand times thinner than a human hair, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been in there because of that movement that could have dislodged into the pocket. Mm-hmm. And strangely enough, they did find traces in the folder, which would be consistent with... How can you get traces inside the folder and on the pocket? Yeah. I've given a description of how the folder was already took out of my pocket after the initial search, placed down, and then who's the brown folder? That's what I, what he's done is contaminated the the the, the wallet. So it was left to the jury the, to 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 listen to the evidence. No, my evidence, evidence of a, a toxicologist report, and then. Uh, Donald Finlay at his best again had asked this toxicologist uh, who was widely regarded in Glasgow University on another matter of professional opinion he was asked in the witness box to put his finger inside the green bank bag Mm -hmm. the green bag and was asked what colour is your finger light green was his answer so what Donald Finley was leading them up to was, if you take the, cla- the glass fail, there's no production, because it's diamorphine, heroin. Could you put the glass fail, and in your opinion, would it matter if it's in a glass fail getting put in there to determine the colour? He's went, obviously no, because it's a glass. But I'm just getting your professional opinion. So he's done this 
uh, on on oath, and he's put the 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 capsule, the fail glass fail with the brown powder on the bag, mm-hmm. and was asked what colours the powder, and he said dark green. So irrespective of what you put in it, you put a white sheet of paper in, yeah. it's going to be light green. If you put a black piece of paper in it, it's going to be dark green. Mm-hmm. How the fuck you can tell there's brown powder in there is the Freudian slip because you know you brought it with you. Yeah. That's just these wee quirky things, Steve, that put you onto something and you go, I'm no paranoid, this is fucking happening. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so basically, that was left for the jury to consider. And in Scots law, as you know, uh, there's a, a not proven verdict, uh, which basically means they believe it was you, but never had enough evidence to convict you, and the Crown's failed in their obligations to convict you under the, 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 that, that process. Uh, the jury returned a majority not guilty verdict on that because they were presented with uh, evidence for the high calibre witness for the defence. Uh, the toxicologist. Uh, <coughs> also, the fact that the one who said about the brown powder was asked to perform the same thing. <laughs> Only he said it was brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're sitting there as a jury member, you've got this guy with all sorts of fucking letters after his name because there's a forensic report. I think I've got a copy of this, I showed you. Mm-hmm. Caledonian University. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked to do a, a number of tests on different things like Basically, he's evi- doesn't he tell his evidence in the report? Mm-hmm. I can tell his evidence because I sat and heard it. And what he was asked through his personal and professional capacity, if that, if we take all the chain of events and that bag had been in that wallet, mm-hmm. in that pocket, at the time when I've showed my hands and describing how you're moved, physically moved, to the opposite position, where you're lying, fla- lying flat down on your face, handcuffed. You could say roughed up a bit, Steve, but yeah. I'm no, I wasn't, there was no pain involved in that. There was just happened so quick. Mm-hmm. And, and with the violence, when I say violence, it's violent movements to, to get there quickly and restrain. Yeah. There was no beating up. There was, there was a threat mm-hmm. with a gun, with, with, with Dixon, before I got lifted. So, when that kind of scenario was put towards the toxicologist on the basis, in your opinion, if that folder was in his pocket at that time, with the traces that had been in it, would you have, in your professional opinion, either thought there'd have been traces in the pocket? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And there was none? No. So my version is, here's a shout, sound cops, come out, show my hands, lifted, into the room, handcuffed, shirts, wallet, put down, and then obviously they've no found nothing, Steve, because they're looking for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a, the reserve to yeah. say he's going down anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, to, w- w- the matter of fact that they're responsible for their actions, mm-hmm. and because of the level of threat, that was that was said to him. Obviously, reverberated back run, uh, and he's the he's dirty division mm-hmm. that he was dealing with because. Uh, Independently, people always like to hear about corroboration in, in trials and criminal trials and yeah. and things like that. Uh, the Ferris conspiracy was just that, it's my conspiracy. And Unfunny's business, what we're doing is tying up the fact that unchallenged mm-hmm. uh, conspiracies that are backed up 
with evidence, not me talking, cops talking, <coughs> and strangely enough, they mentioned the episode in Rossi. I'd mentioned to a friend of mine at the time, uh, just a wee bit of uh, friendly advice, don't be good about threatening polis, because your wee pal Paul done it once in Rossi, and he was nearly away for a walk up the campses one night. Now, anybody who doesn't know where the campses are, it's, it's a remote region in Scotland that's very scenic, Mm-hmm. but very sinister because it's just all hills and usually hill walkers and that that's if that was designed to 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 frighten somebody uh matter of fact why even say that to all they're supposed to be there to uphold the law no chop but fucking killing people yeah. for a start and when i heard that on an audio to it was satisfaction that i got with with the stv studios at that time also produced other stuff that i thought this is great, because yeah, I've proved it, and I thought they'd have been investigated for, for what happened and all the rest of it. But it spun right on its head. But the, getting back to the, the green bag scenario, the only other time that ever happened to me like that was a blatant uh, police officer, uh, when I was younger, uh, hitting over the head with a crowbar and then going over to the door that we weren't even going in, and bust open the door and set the alarm off. And I thought, what the fuck they did that for? You know, so there, are, there, ha- there has been levels of malpractice, and there has been uh, elements within the middle classes and the Mr and Mrs Joe publics that don't know any better and say, how can that cop be a bad cop if he's bending the rules of you back to get this bad guy? Mm-hmm. But that's not what they signed up for. And that's certainly not what I signed up for. And if I go to prison for something, I'll go to prison for something that I've done. Uh, no something that I've not done because uh, I've been through that scenario Steve and, and, and on this one there was a lot of things going through my head on demand how do you prove I'm fucking liars uh, do you take it on the channel and go you know what personal use or fucking say I'm taking it you're going to get why the reason why it was such a high purity is because they've got it somewhere else although it's only a tiny amount it's I think it came back at 1.5 a gram or something like that. It was 86% pure. You know, what happens in their days was they'll look at that and say, I know it's probably worth a fucking 10 or a 20 quid, but they, what they'll do is they'll diverse it down to street level at 4% or 5% and how much you can calculate. This thing was calculated about 3 grand by the end of the day. But what the inference is, Stevie, Anybody who's caught with heroin are getting a big sentence on the purity. Yeah. Because the higher the purity, the further you must be up the chain. That's the, that's the double expo- exposure aspect. Of, mm. Don't get it one way, they'll make sure they get it another way. And I stood in the witness box, told my story of what I've said uh, regarding the green uh, bag. Uh, Police officers went in and told an entirely fucking different story for, for, for what actually happened. Uh, the only agreement I could come to is uh, we were all under the same roof at one point, but the stories are all different. And I think that was designed to dismantle anything that I said at an early stage. Yeah. So here you're on the risk of saying no comment and then proving something later on. Mm-hmm. Well, here you're on the risk of getting your uh, position and they're going to look at it and go, we're going to chisel away at this, we're making a liar, you never done this, he done that. 
and just changed the whole fucking thing about. Mm. Uh, what I was consistent with is what I said to the lawyer. You know, when things happen to you, there's a, a visual record mm. of, of what's happened. Yeah. Uh, and it's my interpretation of what that's happened because not only was I right, I've got a charge sheet to prove it. Mm. And the documentation uh, for your end, but as I know it'd be very difficult for me even to sit down. Reg found it difficult, most people found it difficult trying to understand what actually happened. Mm. And I think when you take step by step uh, the, the focus on it and look at how the impact, why were you there in the first place? I was there because I'm on the run mm. for an incident in Glasgow. Who knew I was there? Thompson Jr., Thompson Sr., and at a stretch, Anne-Marie. Yeah. And, and if, if they were bugging phones and all the rest of it, then they'd have known Anne-Marie was there. They'd have had a WPC. That wee part of Jigsaw gives it away. The other part of Jigsaw gives it away is uh, the warrant that's issued on the fucking island that I think at a time even before I got on it, mm -hmm. or at the same time I've got off. Why well, the fuck can you get that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know they've got a lot of technology, but I never knew they employed psychic mediums <laughs> to go, right, where is he? Uh, and that's his before having your phone and triangulating where you're, you're, where you're sat nav and all the rest of it. This is bare back fucking country. Going on a ferry to go to another, a, a small populated uh, holiday island. Yeah. Uh, and they've been there, saw a justice to the peace. Just as they rush out with things and say, oh, I'll sign this. Yeah. But the big boys are for Glasgow down and they're telling them, we need this fucking wall. So they got it. But the time scale, as far as the information is concerned, I genuinely believe it was Thompson Jr. that done that. And what leads me to believe that is because they found an envelope, an A4 envelope in there with his handwriting over it, with different stuff that could have meant something of, of, of whatever it is.